Hey there, and welcome to the Real Life Podcast, a production of Real Life Online. We exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time, and you can help us do that by liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. We hope that this time encourages you and points you closer to Jesus. Be sure to check out the description for ways to stay in touch. Again, last week, Richie started a new series called Holy, all about being set apart in our relationships. Last week was more of a general look. Uh, Today, Shane's going to go a little bit deeper, more of the the, uh, physical intimacy side of relationships. And so as a fellow parent, to those of you who have young kids or young adults in the room, we just want to give you a heads up. If you're not ready to have that conversation yet, or um, maybe you don't know how to, I want to let you know that conversation is going to be taking place today, and so that if you want to make the decision to not have them there, you can do that at this time. Uh, We do want to encourage you, though, if you do choose to have them here with you in the room today, to please follow up, continue that conversation, and reach out to us. If you need help having that conversation, that is what we're here for. But like I said, super excited uh, for what God has in store, how God is going to use Shane to to use this conversation in our lives. So as we get started, I just want to uh, begin with prayer. So just join me in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for relationships uh, that you have created. We thank you that you have a way that we don't have to depend upon the world to tell us how to have these relationships. And God, today we just ask that you would open our, our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say. Let our hearts be soft. God, even if uh, we hear things that uh, don't sit well with us or don't agree, uh, agree with the things that we've heard from the world. Let us be committed to your way of doing life, God. And so um, we want to give you everything that we have. We want to offer all of us uh, to you today. And so we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy is set apart. God is holy. We as followers of Jesus are called to be holy. That means we do life Jesus' way not the world's way. One of the most convoluted and confusing places of life for us to get mixed up between Jesus' way and the world's way is in relationship. We have all learned relationship. Some of it is very awesome. Some of it is very broken. Either way, we have been exposed to relationship over and over again. We have created a theology and pattern to the way we do relationship. Is it Jesus' way of relationship? Some of us really don't know. Through living Jesus' way, To be holy, you will reclaim your relationships, your marriage, your sexuality, and how you navigate conflict. Hi, my name is Shane, and I am excited for these few moments that we have together because I believe God has purpose and potential for your life. And as you come to realize God's design for your life, believe it is best and live according to it, you will begin to experience the blessing of knowing God and walking in accordance to how he made you to be. We are in week two of our series called Holy. We're learning what it means to follow God's design for our relationships, what it means to be set apart as his people. God created relationship. He has a design for it. He he made us for relationships. So he has a lot to say about it. When it comes to our relationships, 
really the, the world has a way and Jesus has a way of how we define relationship, how we operate in relationship. And as people who are learning to follow Jesus and be on mission with him, we believe his way is best. We choose his way. We believe his way is best. And within the broad scope of relationships, I think the topic that brings potentially the most tension for us is the one of sexuality, sex. The church has been far too silent on something that God created and everything that God creates is good. Just read Genesis one. God created everything. And every time he creates something, he says, it is good. God created sex. Sex is good. Sex is meant to be experienced and enjoyed within the context of marriage. Now, the world wants you to believe that culture created sex and therefore it gets to define what sex is, how it is best experienced, how it is, it is meant to be explored or lived out in our lives. But God created sex. He alone gets to define and determine how it is best experienced and, and how we're really created to enjoy and experience it within our lives. So the world has a way. Jesus has a way. What do we do when they collide? And there's a massive collision in the, around this topic of sexuality where you see on media, movies, sitcoms, music, that, I mean, kind of the world is shouting that, well, it's just casual. It's just physical. You, you should explore. You should try different people and, and, and different experiences to, to really find out what, what it, it brings you the most pleasure and the most joy. And, and God's saying, no, I created sex to be experienced and enjoyed within the context of marriage. What do we do when these two opinions collide? How do we follow God's design for our lives in this way? And we see sex is becoming more and more of a normal thing at a younger and younger age. Now, one out of every two students before they graduate high school will have a sexual experience encounter of some kind. That's crazy. Younger and younger, this is becoming a normal thing, even a celebrated thing in our culture. Well, Jesus has a lot to say about how God created us and how our sexuality kind of fits into our design. I want to go to Matthew chapter 22. These are some of the most quoted words from Jesus um, that we just understand how God created us as people. So he's asked a question, teacher, what is the most important commandment in all of scripture? And here's his reply. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, there is not a single aspect of our being that Jesus does not include in this greatest commandment to love God. He says, your heart, your soul, your mind. I want to look at that word heart specifically. It's, it's the Greek word cardia. It's where you hear words like cardiac, where words like that come from. And here's what this word means. It denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life. It's not just the physical organ that pumps blood to your body. It's also the, the core of you, who you are spiritually. So when Jesus is saying, love God with everything you are, it's physically and spiritually. You cannot separate the physical from the spiritual. This includes our passions, our desires, our appetites, our affections. So think about 
your passions, your desires, your affections, your appetites, all of these are means by which you can love God by living according to his design. And when we try to separate the physical from the spiritual, we're trying to split ourselves apart in ways that we were never intended to be split apart. God created you, knit you together, breathed life into you. You are one entire person, mind, body, soul, spirit, all forming together the, the core of who you are. When you try to separate these different aspects of who you are, you're, you're trying to tear apart what God has put together when he miraculously created you, knit you together in your mother's womb. And so when the world says, well, it's just casual, it's just physical. We're just, we're just kind of hanging out and, and, and kind of having fun and playing around. We're just friends with benefits. No one's going to get hurt. That, it doesn't work that way. Maybe you want it to work that way. The world says it should work that way. We, we joke about it watching sitcoms with friends who sleep around with each other and somehow it all works okay on TV. But in real life, that doesn't work. People get hurt. Your, your soul, your heart is damaged and, and scarred and seared by trying to have these different interactions that just are supposed to be casual and physical, but deeply affect the core of who you are and impact your relationships with God, your relationships with other people. So how do we love God? By trusting, admiring, and living according to his design for our sexuality. Well, Jesus elsewhere, he talks about marriage. And he's being asked like, hey, when is it okay for a man and woman to, to no longer be married? And I think when he paints this picture of marriage, gives us a, a clue of what happens when we're joined physically, sexually with another. It says in Mark 10, verse seven, it says, this explains why a man would leave his father and mother, he's quoting Genesis two here, and is joined to his wife. He says they are joined, like becoming one. That same word for joined is like they're glued together. When you glue something together, you, not, you do not intend to separate it. I mean, when's the last time you tried to reuse duct tape? The first time it sticks really well. You try to peel it off and stick it to something else. It's not going to stick as well the next time. Like they are meant to stay joined. Now you say, well, this is just within the context of marriage, right? This is, I mean, he's talking about us being joined physically, spiritually, emotionally, like in, in every way becoming one. But is, is sex only for within the context of marriage? Well, we had some other early followers of Jesus who wrote a letter to this man named Paul asking some questions about sex and, and how it fits in the life of a disciple of Jesus. And Paul wrote a letter in response to them. And here's what he said. He says, now for the batters that you wrote about, and you see in quotes, this was their question or their topic they brought up in their letter written to him. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. So they're wondering like, is sex even okay at all? Like even within, like is sex allowed for a follower of Jesus? And Paul is reiterating, sex is good. God created it. Sex is good. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes you've been told like, it's not okay to have sex outside of marriage. And so it just kind of creates this false thinking that, well, all sex must be bad. No, sex is good. And here's Paul's answer to their question. He says, but since sexual immorality is occurring, Here's kind of his solution. Here's where sex is to be experienced and enjoyed. He says, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. First of all, I just find some comfort going, hey, apparently early followers of Jesus, they had questions about sex too. This is not new to us in the 21st century. 
And because Paul's answer, if you will, or his like solution to here's what holy sexuality looks like is intimacy between a man and a woman, between a husband and a wife within the context of marriage. He's saying any sexual activity outside of that covenant relationship is sexually immoral. Now, this includes sex before or outside of marriage, whether it's dating and having sex, hooking up, uh, adultery and affairs. This includes incest. This includes homosexual intercourse. This includes pornography, which we'll talk about more next week. Any sexual activity outside of God's design for marriage between one man and one woman is sexual immorality. God created sex to be experienced and enjoyed within the covenant relationship called marriage. That's where the beauty, safety, and openness of lifelong commitment to God and to each other creates this environment for sex to be enjoyed to its fullest. See, God created sex as not only a mingling of bodies, but also as a mingling of souls. That's why marriage is described as two becoming one. It's not just your bodies that are intertwined. It's your entire lives, who you are, being connected, being attached, being joined to another. This is God's design for marriage, God's design for sex within marriage. Now, if we ignore God's design in this and casually have sex with different people, we will experience the consequences when we do go to enter into that covenant relationship of marriage and seek to become one with our spouse because our souls will have been attached and detached with our various sexual partners prior to our marriage. And this will have catastrophic effects within our marriage. Now we talk about the mingling of souls. The soul is this combination of your mind, your will, your emotions. So think about your mind, will, and emotions being attached and detached, being mingled, kind of caught up, tangled with every other sexual partner you've ever had. I mean, just think about that wedding night or the honeymoon that you would, you would imagine someday for your spouse if you're not yet married. Who else do you want to have in the room? No one, right? It's you and your spouse, but the challenge is if we've had these other experiences prior to coming into that moment of special intimacy where we've exchanged these lifelong vows of commitment and love to each other, whether you want to or not, within your subconscious, are those experiences, are those images, are those people, are those names that are now entering into a sacred space that really is created for you and your spouse alone. This is why the Bible warns so strongly against sexual sin. Just a few statements earlier, Paul writes to the same people in Corinth and he says, run, run from sexual sin. Listen, he says, no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. Like there's danger here. He's warning them strongly. He says, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body not somebody else's body, your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Like the moment that you said yes to Jesus, surrendered your life to him, like God's spirit no longer resides in a brick and mortar temple, but your flesh and bones, your body now becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit residing within you. Like you, you are a holy presence of God walking around with the spirit of God inside you. Like he's reminded you, you are set apart as God. God's people, you are his temple. 
He says, you do not belong to yourself any longer. For God bought you with a high price, the highest price possible, the life of his son, Jesus, the blood shed on the cross to forgive your sin, to free you from the penalty and the punishment that your sin deserves. He says, so you must honor God with your body. So you don't just have a body. You are a body. God created you, breathed life into physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all collectively form who you are. You cannot separate the physical from the spiritual. We're called to honor, to love God with our bodies and live according to his design. So I think these words from Jesus, these words from Paul lead us to some practicals. Okay, how do we follow God's way? How do we live these lives that are holy in regards to our sexuality? Well, first and foremost, we are called to give ourselves, to give yourself to God. This means pursuing Jesus, chasing after him, wanting to know him, building a relationship that is real, personal, intimate with Jesus. Man, if you have not already downloaded the, the devotional guide that follows this series, our holy devotional guide, man, get on our website, download that today, start with us. Man, this is such an amazing opportunity to begin to follow Jesus daily in your life. Like give yourself to God, seek him above all else. Like desire to love him with every bit of who you are, every fiber of your being. There's no area of your life that cannot be offered as a way to love God, including in this area of your physical, sexual being. And allow God right now to build your character. If you're not yet married, but you desire that someday, and, and focus on becoming someone who's ready to be married, ready for that responsibility, ready for that lifelong commitment. Someone who's selfless, genuine, compassionate, and real and caring. Become that person as Jesus molds you and shapes you as you spend time with him. Recognize that what you do with your body, your passions, your thoughts and desires are all ways that you can love God. And what an incredible like just thing to think about that God has given us so many different avenues to display our love for him by living these lives that are set apart, that are holy. So you want a marriage that not only will last, but a marriage that will be vibrant, life-giving, full of trust and intimacy. You want to experience like incredible sex within marriage. I believe that God wants that for you. And when you live according to his design, God blesses his design with that enjoyment when you enter into that intimacy with your spouse, when you have given yourself fully to God. And the greatest gift you can give to anyone in any relationship, particularly your spouse or future spouse, is your heart fully surrendered to Jesus. Give yourself to God and then give yourself to one. Give yourself to one. Only treat your spouse like your spouse. Give your passion, desires, and affections to him or her alone. Treat anyone that you aren't married to with respect, purity, and value. Paul writes to this young man named Timothy, encouraging him in this way. He says, treat younger women with all purity, with all purity as you would your own sisters. Because the truth is she's somebody's sister. She's somebody's daughter. She's somebody's current or future spouse. Treat her with all 
purity, the way you would want someone that you care about, that you're related to, your sister, your daughter treated, treat them with that respect and purity. And also he says, be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. Now, Paul's writing to Timothy, a single man, and maybe you're finding yourself in a season of singleness, maybe thinking about marriage someday. I just want to say this. When it comes to dating, the topic of dating itself is not found in scripture. Marriage is. Marriage is God's design. So the reason that we date, the only reason biblically to date is to head towards marriage. If you're dating for any other reason, other than with marriage in mind or, or trying to find that spouse, then you are stealing time away from someone else's future spouse. So why are you dating? It needs to be with the ultimate goal of marriage, family, pursuing God's design. Give yourself to one. When you give yourself to one, then you enter into experiencing the full beauty of physical and sexual intimacy within the covenant relationship of marriage. The best sex you can ever experience is within that covenant relationship of marriage, where you're sharing your thoughts, your emotions, your dreams, your fears, your desires, your insecurities with someone else who loves you, who fully receives you and knows you and you're learning to fully know who they are. Then you add within that this beautiful physical intimacy called sex. And that is where true enjoyment, true ecstasy is actually experienced within that context. That's how God created sex and God created sex to be good in that context. I want to say this, if you have been walking, living outside of God's design for your life, when it comes to sexuality, there is absolutely a way to redemption and to healing. And I'm coming in this conversation today, not as someone who has walked this road perfectly by any means. For a few years before I gave my life to Jesus, I wrung the rag dry of trying to experience everything the world had to offer, including in sex. And realizing in this moment that, man, I had not been living according to God's design when I gave my life to Jesus and recognized his forgiveness in my life, recognized his love for me, his grace for me, and also recognized there was a, a moment to grow and to move into his design, experience the blessing of his design in my marriage now, man, it is absolutely possible. First of all, you have to know that Jesus came. He lived the perfect life that you could not live. And he willingly gave up that life, laid it down on the cross. No one forced him to, no one took it from him. He gave his life freely because that's the amount of love he has for you. That's the value and worth he places on your life. Your value and worth is not determined by what other people think about you by how much you can please another with your body or, or even by, by what they might see as appealing within you physically. No, your worth and value is determined by the God who created you, who loves you, who died to free you from sin and the, the penalty of sin and also rose from the grave to free you from the fear of death. 
and to give you the promise of eternal life if you would say yes to him, surrender your life to him, believe that he is God, he is Lord, he is savior, he loves you. That is first and foremost, is to surrender to Jesus and to receive his grace, to receive his mercy, to receive the freedom that he wants to give to you today. And then to recognize, okay, God doesn't wanna bring up all the guilt and the shame of the mistakes that you made previously, but to make a commitment in your heart. Okay, God, from this day forward, I'm going to choose to follow you and choose to chase after your design, surrender my, my wants, my desires, my passions, my affections to you and to you alone, because I believe your way is best. So don't allow the enemy to continue to, to beat you down with, yeah, you've already messed up. Yeah, you've already made mistakes. Yeah, you're, you're only worth what, what the last person said about you or thought about you or experienced with you. No, allow God to, to breathe life into you, to bring new ways of, of living that will bring freedom and joy and fulfillment that you could not imagine because the world can never offer the things that God offers, only a cheap imitation. So from this day forward, don't, don't, don't get caught up in the, I mean, yes, repent of it, confess it to God, but then move on from this day forward. God, I want to live a holy life according to your design. And as you commit to live this holy life, recognize the same grace of God that saves you, that forgives you is also what empowers you to live a holy life. Willpower alone won't get you there. I remember there was a moment where I was like, I am done with this sin. I am done failing. I am done falling in this way and I'm putting my foot down. That lasted about 24 hours because it was all about me and my strength and my willpower. And I was not gonna give in to this temptation. I was not gonna sin again. That doesn't work. The moment we say that the enemy is like, oh, I got you right where I want you. When you recognize, God, I am powerless without your grace, without your spirit inside me. But I believe you've given me everything I need for living a holy life because your word says so. Your spirit resides within me. My body is now the temple of your spirit that is empowering me to live this holy life. So rely on God's grace and then ask God to Bring the right people into your life. Get some friends of the same gender to walk with you that you can be honest and real with, that you can be open with, you can confess, you can say, hey, would you pray for me? I need some help right now. I'm being tempted. Hey, that, that this person's reaching out again. And I know if I say yes to hanging out, I know where that's gonna go. I, I, I need your help. And there's also some practicals, like you need to cut some things, cut some people out maybe, like unfriend, unfollow, lose their number, change your number, like whatever you gotta do, like you need to cut those destructive relationships out if you know that's not going to lead you towards God's design for your life in regards to sexuality. And we wanna walk with you. Reach out to us for prayer, maybe you need counseling, encouragement, you can text us, you can go to our website, fill out a connection card. We want to walk with you in this time. See, we are God's people, called by God to be holy, to be set apart, to be different from the world and its ways. In regards to our sexuality, it's a stark contrast in today's day and age. We said, no, we, I believe God that your design is best. And so even if it means I might lose some popularity, 
I might lose some friendships. It even might feel like I'm delaying gratification and pleasure, but I believe that what you have for me is better than anything the world could offer, better than anything I could even pursue and achieve myself. I believe your way is best. I'm following and living according to your design. This is what it means to be holy. This is what it means to be God's people, to be set apart. This is what God calls us to. This is the invitation for us today. Let me pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your grace that covers us. God washes over us, cleanses us, God. Make us pure and holy by your word and by your blood that was shed on the cross. God, we surrender to your ways, to your design. God, would you bring mercy, healing to people who are turning to you right now? Would you speak identity, love, compassion into people's hearts who have been buying into the lie of the enemy, the lies of the world? God, would you make us your people? God, people who are set apart, God, different from the world around us, God. People who are, God, painting a picture of what it means to live within your kingdom. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of The Real Life Podcast. We hope that this time encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Before you take off, be sure to like, share, or subscribe. Also, visit our description for ways to stay in touch. We would love to be praying for you. Take care.